The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Martial arts, mixed martial arts. How do we like our martial arts? We like them in Sao Paulo. Ah, uh, Casey, we miss you. We miss you. I don't know. I'm going to get to Casey in a second, but welcome everybody to the UFC Sao Paulo preview show. How do we like our martial arts? We like them two fights less because that is what has happened to this UFC Sao Paulo card. The scale has taken a couple of, couple of the uh, the fun fights off this card. Ishmael Bonfim versus Vince Pichel no longer happening. Victor Hugo versus Daniel Santos no longer happening. But the two faces on the screen right there, the main event in the heavyweight division, Jailton Almeida taking on some abs still, Derek Lewis in the main event of tomorrow's UFC Sao Paulo card. We don't know what the actual lineup's going to be. Maybe we'll find out as we're doing this. But I am Mike Heck being joined by my fellow New England, the... Mr. Jose Youngs. Jose, how are you? Life's a blessing. Well said. And the Prince of Positivity, my best friend. Two days in a row. He's on BTL yesterday. He's back oh. against today, Mr. Alexander Kaylee. Hi, AK. I am refreshing UFC.com, ESPN schedule furiously, guys, trying to figure out what this actual card is tomorrow. All we know is we're down to 11 fights, which is actually a pretty good number, but... Like you said, Mike, we will let people know on the show if the news comes in what the hell they're actually tuning in for on Saturday. Yeah. Casey goes on vacation last week. All hell breaks loose in the combat sports space with Francis Ngannou. We had to, like, mimic the opening theme song on the preview show. We had to do it acapella style. I don't know if you heard that, Casey, but if you didn't, you should probably go back and listen to it. We did the best we could. But let's talk about this card. Jose, we got Jelton Almeida, who... Mm-hmm. And it's it's nice to have both of you guys here because AK has been incredibly high on Jailton Almeida. 
almost the uncrowned champion of this division in some of the conversations that we've had. You, not so much, but the Curtis Blades fight, which we were originally going to get, that was going to answer a lot of questions for you. Mm-hmm. Now we get Derek Lewis instead doing Derek Lewis things, stepping in, trying to save the day, stepping into the tough fight that everyone feels is a tough fight. So I know losing Blades stinks, but now Jalen Almeida versus Derek Lewis, your thoughts the day before. Start with AK. I want to know why he's such a big Jalen Almeida stan. Specifically. Okay. Not just because. AK. Not hard. Not just not because hard. he's, you know. He's the best heavyweight in the world today. I don't know what to tell you. The guy is Listen, I, I, under, I, under, I understand yeah. we've all been hanging out with Jed and we can say things that don't mean anything, but like, I would like actual an actual reason rather than like, guy, oh, he's this and that. I'm Jed Mishu. No, I want a reason. Sheer excellence pouring mm. from his body every time he steps. In, every time he steps to the scale, pure excellence, just oozing from his pores. Uh, great grappling. Grapple's real good, real strong-like. <laughs> Um, love, he beat. He has two incredible signature wins. Parker Porter again should have rocketed him into the top five headweight right away, and he also has a win over the Pleasure Man, Anton Turkali. That already is a pretty airtight resume. And then, yeah, whatever. He's got some dominant win over a top ten guy, Jairzinho Rosenstrike. I guess that's, that's impressive. But yeah, I like guys. I like guys with A plus skills. I like guys that capture my imagination. Uh, you know, I don't know. Is he? Could he be more well-rounded? Is it possible he has a you know a poor gas tank? We don't know. We don't know. We we, we haven't seen him push to his limits yet. That's why I'm a little bummed that we lost down the Blades fight. That was the perfect fight to test him out because we had lost to Blades. I'd be like, yeah, understandable. Blades, great grappler. Could, maybe could avoid getting taken down. I think better stand up than people give him credit for. Blades. Uh, he's he's had some bad moments, but that's because he's like you know. He's learning. He's testing it out, trying to be a well-rounded heavyweight. Good for him. Trying to mix the martial arts. Um, so that was the right test. Now, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen on Saturday if um, Almeida just runs through Lewis. But I feel like some people on this show, I'm not naming names, uh, won't change their estimation of Fort Jailton no matter how he performs. And I think that's just ridiculous. Jose, your your response? I mean, it's not really a response. I just generally wanted to know. Um, I don't, I'm not a detractor of Jelton Almeida. I'm very much a, he's done about three things. It sounds like you are. It sounds like you are. I'm just, it sounds like he's done about three things. Hater. As the he's done say. about three things in the UFC, and that's a front kick or front snapping kick into a blast double leg takedown into a submission. Three very, very high level things that you can do against very high level opponents. But, you know, for whatever reason, I'm not on. I not. I don't understand the allure of Parker Porter. Uh, I don't understand the allure of the Pleasure Man. So those wins are, you know, wins. He got two paychecks out of them, but I don't know. Like he's done three or four things very, very well. I just have questions rather than being a hater. And Jairzinho is not a very good grappler at all. Uh, so when Jailton Almeida, you know, watch that fight, double leg takedown in the center of the octagon, a, a hilarious takedown. If you rewatch that fight, it is just it is a bad takedown that Jairzinho just did not know what to do with. And then Jailton Almeida take it down. Good, like still got the takedown in the center of the octagon and finished him. I can't even remember how he finished him. TKO submission, whatever. Um, but yeah, I just have questions about him. And the Curtis Blades fight would have answered a ton of those questions, just like the Tom Aspinall fight against Curtis Blades would have answered a ton of questions for Tom Aspinall. Uh, I just, I don't know. I just, the, I have one foot in the door of the Jelson Almeida hype train. I bought a ticket. 
I'm just waiting to see if there's an easier route to my destination than getting on this train. If he beats Derek Lewis on who, again, took this fight on short notice, I would still have the same questions. I, well, I guess it would depend. Derek Lewis has arguably one of the best resumes in terms of just level of competition in the entire UFC heavyweight division. This man has fought almost everyone. He's fought very high-level grapplers. He's fought very hard-hitting fighters, and he's fought very high-level strikers. He's won some, and he's lost some. I think Derek Lewis is a good litmus test if this was a full fight camp. Again, I wish this was the Curtis Blades fight so badly because I would have had my questions answered. If Jared Jr. goes out there and does a snap, front kick, double-leg, submission, I mean, I don't think that gets you a title shot if he does that against Cyril Gaon, who, again, has shown not to have, to have zero takedown defense and zero grappling. Cool. He beat a top five opponent again. I just have a lot of questions. There's just not a lot of fighters in the top five of heavyweight that will give me those questions and meet, answer those questions for me immediately outside of Tom, a matchup against Tom and a matchup against Curtis Blades. Maybe Ser- Sergey Pavlovich. Maybe because Jailton's never going to fight John Jones. He's never going to fight Stipe. So those aren't even realms of possibility for me. I So I'm not a hater. I just have questions, and I'm not fully on board yet. Looks good getting off the bus, I'll tell you that much. I also want – I wish he stuck around a light heavyweight for a minute because light heavyweight sure as hell could use the breath of fresh air too. But he keeps winning a heavyweight just like Kelvin Gaslam kept winning at middleweight. So here we are. Uh, Second straight main event. I don't know why the UFC Twitter account keeps saying this is Jailton Almeida's first main event, considering this is his second straight one. But I digress. Am I the only one? I, I was, I'm sure you did an excellent job there uh, uh, breaking all that down. Am I the only one who tuned out after he said the words, I don't understand the allure of Parker Porter? I Probably. Think that's I, you, you lost me. You lost me. Uh, I, I had to. I'm sorry, Jose. I had to do an informal poll in the comments. Uh, 100% says you should be banned. You shouldn't be immediately banned for the first time. Okay, so you could kick me out. I'll go back to drinking my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow, that's that was. Um, Parker Porter, who's lost, who's lost, who's lost to both Taffa brothers and Chris Dawkins. You can say what you want about Justin Almeida. Poor Parker Porter catching a stray. He's here. just a, he's just a roly poly hobgoblin. That's what he is. I mean, that's um, yeah, that's that's fair. Great analysis on the watch party when he was on, just knocked out yeah. of the park. Let me let me ask you both this because you guys bring up a, a very interesting conversation here. And Jose, I want to start with you because we have three guys right now. We have three guys right now, one of which you don't have a ton of answers on, but you can. I'm sure you could see how high the ceiling could possibly For sure. be. So we have three dudes right now who many consider to be the future of this division. We have Jelton Almeida. And we have the two guys that are fighting for the interim heavyweight title next Saturday in Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. Tommy Aspinall and Sergey Pavlovich. Rank them one to three. Highest ceiling between the three. Oh. Who has the most upside between the three of these guys? Tom, Sergey Pavlovich, Jailton Almeida, I think. But they're very close. I think Tom is the most well-rounded. I think he's the most athletic. He's crazy fast. Very good boxing. Very good grappling. Great takedown defense. Um, Sergey Pavlovich, I don't think we talk, talk enough about his chin. That dude's chin is unreal. Uh, hits maybe the hardest in the entire division. And then, but again, I have, there's questions for all three of these men. Like, they just haven't had that. Like, Ser- Sergey Pavlovich beating Curtis Blaze was so impressive to me. That was like, of all, because I think Curtis Blades is such a good litmus test because he hits hard. He's a good striker and he has the grappling to go with it. He's kind of, 
he's just such a good litmus test. And the fact that Sergey beat him, I think, just is more impressive than any of the wins that Tom has and any of the wins that Jailson has. But I just think Tom has more tools, is more athletic. I just think he has a higher ceiling. Sergey probably two and Jailson three. But it is all very, very close. And all three of these gentlemen will fight each other. Well, two of them are about to fight next week. and But all three of these men will fight each other at some point and even throw Cyril Gaon in there too. AK, how do you rank them? Jelson Almeida. Jelson Almeida. Jelson Almeida. <laughs> Dylon. Dylon four. Um, I, 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 yeah, no, I, I understand. I, I, I have to ride this. I've been on the Jelson thing from the beginning. Again, I think, I think it's the, the, as I always say, tell people, when I see someone with a, like, one sort of unstoppable skill, I get dazzled. I, I admittedly get dazzled. And this has happened with many fighters that have not gone on to become champions by the way. Like, someone maybe with, like, crazy knockout power. Or someone like Jelton, someone who has, like, amazing grappling and submissions. And then once they're taken out of their, their comfort zone, it's like, you kind of see them for what they are. And they go on to either have decent UFC careers or kind of, like, fizzle out and go nowhere. So I am obviously strongly leaning towards Jelton being one of the special ones. Um, I feel like even if he doesn't round out his game, there's like, and this is a heavyweight thing, right? I mean, we, we are talking about, you know, one of the lesser skilled divisions with respect to all the heavyweights out there. Um, so I think you can get away with being a little myopic in your strategies, uh, if, if I could be polite about it. Um, so yeah, I, I would put uh, Jelton up there, which is not to say that uh, Sergey and uh, Tom Aspinall don't have standout skills. Sergey, of course, punches like a friggin' truck of the three. I mean, he's probably the most lethal on the feet. And uh, Aspinall is shown punches power, also a really good grappler. I would love to see him fight uh, Almeida someday. I hope that fight happens, whether it's for a title, whether it's maybe both guys coming off a loss. I don't know. Let's say Lewis upsets. I don't even know why I'm bringing this up. Let's say Lewis upsets Almeida. Sergey Pavlovich beats uh, Aspinall. I think Aspinall Almeida would be a really, really, really good fight. But again, I'm going with the guy who I think has the most overwhelming skill of the three. I just can't get over this that jujitsu. I think it's just so. I think it's so impressive the finishing ability. Um, I know his resume maybe isn't quite as strong as the other two names, but again, we're talking upside. Like who I think has the highest ceiling, then I'll, I'll stick with Jelton. Look, there's a lot. This is a good conversation to have if you're the UFC right now because the heavyweight division is maybe in like the safest place it's in. Like it could get real weird with John and Stipe whenever that fight happens. We have a lot of future contenders in Aspinall and Pavlovich and Almeida. And we got others as well. We got the Volkovs and the Tui Vases and sort of the, the steadfast guys who have been there for quite some time. Derek Lewis is another guy. So Jose, I know you don't like to play the hypothetical game. You don't like to match make before the fight happens, but most people feel like Jelton Almeida is going to go out there and just do to Derek Lewis what he's done to everybody else. So he spoke to our own gear, May Cruz, Jelton Almeida, that is, and said that when he wins this fight, he's going to call it Cyril Gaon. Maybe create a little four-man tournament between himself, Gaon, and then the two guys fighting for the interim heavyweight title. Do you feel like the best Jelton can gain here outside of a short-notice opportunity at maybe the interim title, if it gets defended, is the Cyril Gaon fight? That's the that's basically the most he can gain from this win or do you think even that might be a bridge too far beating a guy like Derek Lewis while impressive doesn't really answer a lot of your questions I mean that's if you're talking about what's the highest he could gain that's very clear that's about as close as you can get to a title shot and not fight a title who's fighting Cyril gone I think what is he ranked in the UFC rankings like at one or two like he's very he's he's in the top yeah he's in the top two and well who's number who's number two Sergey and Tom is probably four. Steve is probably three. So 
yeah, the highest, the ceiling would be Cyril Gaon outside of a short notice title fight. Will they give him that? I don't know. Cyril Gaon's uh, comments after his win against Spivak were a little, I'm not saying off-putting, but I was I was a little frustrated with them because, you know, the Tom, like Tom flew there and fight them. I'm like, that's a, I mean, that's a cool fight. Tom's top five, Cyril Gaon's top three. And Cyril's like, why would I fight backwards? I'm like, well, you're number one. You're not fighting John next. So the only way to fight is backwards. And Cyril Gaon just didn't seem interested in fighting anyone below him, regardless of whether they were in the top five or not. So I don't know if Cyril Gaon will take the jail 10 Almeida fight. Uh, I could very easily see them giving like the him and Alexander Volkov because that seems like a guy that they they want to test young fighters against like they did that with Tom Aspinall and and you know that hit that went over Alexander Volkov kind of thrust him into the main event scene I could see them doing it with Tied to Ivas I could see them trying to rebook the Curtis Blades fight because Curtis Blades is probably still sitting at five or six uh I don't know maybe they try to rebook that again for the next fight night in Brazil or early next year Cyril Gaon's the ceiling I would love to see that fight I think that's such a fun fight for the division I just don't know if Cyril Gaon will take the fight based off of previous comments. I wouldn't be surprised if they give him a Volkov or rebook the Blades fight. Yeah, Cyril Gaon is such an interesting piece of this yeah. equation here, AK, because, look, we've t- you and I have talked about how important it is when that microphone's in front of you, and it's not like the end-all, be-all, but you got to have like some sort of plan for your future that is realistic. And We've talked about how there are fighters out there who have dropped the mic in a bad way multiple times and like Cyril got was just a complete letdown not just after the whips be back but in his subsequent after like even going on the MMA hour he did nothing he just basically said like nope fighting for the belt nothing else makes sense which is just horrible decision making I don't understand why he would say that so if Jelton wins here does he leapfrog Cyril gone does he is this like the best he can get? Like, what do you think he gains from a win here? Because we know the UFC kind of views this stuff. If you don't have anything in mind, if you're not really intriguing, if you've gotten your chances and didn't get there, and we have this new fresh coat of paint coming up, maybe we we veer to him instead. I don't know. What do you think happens? Yeah, not not being a buzzworthy star and telling the UFC and the matchmakers that you're going to wait for your title opportunity has not worked out great for a lot of people and i know people it's like like colby covington i'm like yeah he's a but he's a buzzworthy guy he know he knows his uh currency with the fan base let me put it that way he knows that there are people there are people that he could sit on the he could sit on the shelf he could get a title shot and yes there'd be a significant fan uh, portion of the fan base that will complain but there's also a significant portion of the fan base that like cares about Colby Covington and it's like yeah he's and, and believes he's done enough to be in that you know title contention for uh for as long as he's employed by the UFC uh Cielo God is not there yet despite being a former interim title holder uh despite uh you know fighting John Jones for for a vacant heavyweight title um he's not he's still not there he's not there he's well known he's well known but he's not he hasn't quite done enough that you he can just put his name out there and say hey the people want to see me fight whoever like Sergey Pavlovich or Tom Aspinall or whoever has the title like you know this time uh, 6 months from now it's 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 a mistake it's a big mistake it's it's funny though mike that you ask what uh, what does Jelton have to earn because i i set up a poll already before the show Ooh. predicting that this question would come uh can jelton almeida earn a title shot with a win over Derek lewis four options yes but it has to be dominance yes he's next no matter what no he still needs one more win no he's not close yet uh most people pretty firmly 
uh, going with no. No, he still needs one more win, currently leading at 45%. Yes, but it has to be dominant. Is at 30%. I kind of don't agree with that. I'm probably with the he still needs one more win thing. And as Jose suggested, I have a feeling they're just going to go with Curtis Blades uh, rebooking, which is fine, which is still the fight I want to see. It's still the test I think Jelton has to go through. And I think um, Curtis's injury is like an ankle thing. I don't know how severe it is. I know it's just something like it. he hurt it and he kind of aggravated it. But it doesn't sound like something that's going to keep him on the shelf for like a super long time. So uh, hopefully Curtis gets himself right uh, in, some, in early 2024 and we can see these guys fight. If Jalton wins, of course, we can see these guys fight in, I don't know, March, March, April. I think that would be really good timing. And then um, if Jalton wins that fight, we'll have a better picture of what the hell's going on with the heavyweight title by then. Uh, fingers crossed. And then I think he'll be he'll be ready to fight for it. Jose, as you have seen in the past, you know what you know what is a tough weapon for jujitsu? A heavyweight who doesn't believe in it and does things completely outside the book. And that would be Derek Lewis uh, to a T, a guy who's been taken down many times, muscles his way back to his feet, and then lands those lunch boxes and gets big finishes. So as much as we talk about where, what Jailton Almeida could, game here, could gain here, uh, Derek Lewis, as you said, he's won some and he's lost some of these spots. What if he wins? What if Derek Lewis goes out there, he gets, you know, deals with the Jailton Almeida three moves of doom, the kick, the takedown, submission attempt, muscles his way back up, and then he lands just a vicious right hand and knocks out Jailton Almeida, flips this division upside down in, in a weird kind of a way because Derek Lewis is so over right now. It would just add right into the chaos of 2023. And Derek Lewis is a guy who defies rankings and odds anyways. So, like, none of this stuff really matters. And everything is in play if Derek Lewis wins this fight. So what happens if Derek Lewis upsets Jelton Almeida and knocks him out in the first round? I have no idea. All I know is his next fight will probably be a rematch because he's fawn everyone in the top 10. <laughs> and literally everyone in the top 10 not named Tom Aspinall and Stipe, and I'm not including John Jones because he's the champion and he's hurt. He's never going to fight Stipe. He's never fought Stipe, right? I, I could be making that up because they've been in the UFC for so long. But he's no, never Stipe. fought Tom, and he's never fought Stipe. He's not fighting Stipe next, and Tom is about to fight for the interim title. I don't think Derek Lewis is – I mean, if Tom loses to Sergey, that could be the fight. Um, but outside of that, like, he's already beat Marcin Tabura. He's beaten – I'm trying to even – he's lost a tie. He's lost to mm-hmm. Spivak. He's beaten Volkov. He's beaten Blades. He's lost to Cyril. <sighs> trying to even think of he's obviously b marcus hajiria de lima we're gonna give him like romanov or martin boudet like it's just not gonna happen i don't so i don't know like his next fight's gonna have to be a rematch like the volkov fight would be interesting because volkov was like what three minutes away from winning and securing his own title shot and then Derek lewis punched him in the face incredibly hard in the third round um the Spivak fight would be interesting, especially if Spivak loses, because I know there's a lot of people, including our own producer, Casey, who thinks that that was a, short, uh, a quick stoppage in Dallas. Uh, so wouldn't hate to see that fight run back. Uh, the Spivak fight, I know Derek Lewis said he came in less than 100%. Uh, I don't know if Spivak will take that, considering you know they had to rebook that again after Derek got sick the first time. Outside of that, I again, I have literally no idea because he's fought it. Like, his next fight's gonna have to be a rematch, or if they just bring in like some another young heavyweight in the in the outside of the top. I don't know. The answer is I have absolutely no idea. 
Yep, it's crazy, and it could happen, but the betting odds are not suggesting it, AK. Your guy, Jailton Almeida, according to DraftKings, the minus 485 favorite, the comeback on the Black Beast, Derek Lewis, plus 370. AK, I think I know where you're going here. Who wins and how? How does this work out? Yeah, I think I think the only question is like, when do I think he's going to do it? I'm I'm going classic first rounder. Class, uh, you know, I it's not just that I think Jelton's so good, which I do. I Derek Lewis taking this on less than a month's notice. Um, that might be a good thing in this case. You know, less time to th- overthink it. He's he's kind of been. He's always said, you know, he hates like, for example, he hates fighting in Houston. You know, uh, and you would think that he would love fighting in Houston, but he's like, it, it gets in his head. He thinks too much. He's probably the kind of guy who he he is best when his back is against the wall. He's not thinking too much. I think that's kind of what happened with uh, the last fight with Roger de Lima. Um, coming off a you know, really tough stretch of fights, and he just said, screw it. I'm, I'm just going in. I'm throwing throwing whatever I want. Ends the fight in 33 seconds. Um, that could be that could be the situation here, too. You know, he's not – he's like he, – he knows – I'm sure his coaches have at least told him. He always says he doesn't know anything about his opponents. You might get taken down. Do what you can to get back up. Get those fists going as soon as you see an opening, right? It's it, The game plan is so simple that the lack of time might not matter. But I do think – uh, it, it has to affect you a little bit, especially as you get older. I, I think it's getting harder for him to do the just get up strategy. We kind of saw that in the Sergey Spivak fight. And I'm not saying Sergey Spivak and Jelson Almeida are, you know, like and like. They're not like the same fighter. But I do feel like if Almeida gets him down, he's not going to be able to just get back up, at least not without taking damage, without um, Almeida possibly putting him in even more danger. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going chalk on this one. On You know, if you ran it with put through a simulator, I'm sure it would give you this outcome 99 times out of 100. And I'm thinking first round, he takes him down, keeps him there, and, and gets submission. Jose, you like to be different here. Are you going to be different and pick Derek Lewis? Probably if it was full camp, Derek Lewis, but I'm just being realistic. Jairzinho, uh, you know, Jelton does, as I said, three moves of doom very, very well. Uh, Derek Lewis has lost to lesser grapplers by submission. I just think, I think Jelton will get it done inside five. I think he's going to, you know, front kick, blast, double leg takedown. I don't think he'll get it immediately. I think Derek Lewis will fight it. But uh, if Derek Lewis stuffs that first takedown, game on if he doesn't that's a wrap but i think jail i think full camp jailton beats short notice Derek lewis in brazil that's my that's my prediction i'm picking jailton almeida as well although i think this is going to be really fun i it may not be a fun start i think Derek lewis fans are going to watch the first three and a half minutes of this fight and be like oh boy this isn't good because the, the three moves of doom are happening within the first 45 seconds Derek lewis is going to be on his back within the first minute of this fight and he's going to be playing defense and i think eventually with like 75 seconds left in round one Derek lewis is going to muscle his way back up and he's going to land a big shot and jansen almeida is going to be on wobbly mm-hmm. legs and almeida is going to get a little trip takedown and ride out the rest of round one and we're gonna be like Ooh, maybe Derek lewis got a little bit of momentum lewis is gonna come out and try to do something crazy at the start of round two maybe he tries the flying knee again maybe he tries to get almeida off off guard a little bit and then Almeida is going to get that takedown and then once that happens there's just going to be too much time and I'll say Jailton Almeida mounted ground and pound TKO round two but in a fun fight I think Derek it's gonna be one of those fights Derek where we're like damn Derek you brought the thunder and we respect you but so just a just a just a replay of the Shamil fight pretty much but Derek is going to have a lot more success than Shamil did Uh, yeah that goes without saying yeah, 
Well, yeah, that was crazy. That was crazy. That was a one-way traffic. Anyone who had Jilton on made a round one on that card, I felt really bad for you. That's oh, for one. sure. Man, because it was so close to many times. Go ahead. Go ahead, AK, please. I, I think we have an update on the main card, though. I will say I will still Thank consider this. God. I will say – I know. We were all waiting. Uh, I will say I, I don't think this is finalized, but uh, they haven't shuffled it. They just – think yeah. They just, uh, but I will say ESPN has removed the uh, Ishmael Bonfim Pachel fight and the Marcos uh, Victor Hugo fight. So I don't know if there's a final card, but at least it is updated. It looks like five fight main card, six fight um, prelims. But again, it could still get shuffled. I don't think this is final yet, but just to, you know, just so people know. Yes, UFC just officially announced that those two fights are off. And uh, there you go. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down, and new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's it. So a lot of people were wondering, like, why are these fights off? Like, why are they canceled? Um, I wasn't sure about one of them. I do know about the other. The Victor Hugo fight, uh, Daniel Marcos, I basically said, no, I ain't fighting this dude. He didn't basically didn't try to make the weight, so I'm just not doing it. So screw you. Um, I didn't really know what was happening with the Bonfine Pichel fight, but Vince Pichel just kind of answered the question on Twitter, uh, responding to something I was tagged in because somebody tweeted, who decides why fights are canceled based off missing weight? How is C-Rod and Breeden allowed to miss weight by three plus pounds and still go out there and F my parlays, let Bonfine fight? Vince Pichel replied to this individual, I denied it, you degenerate gambler. He didn't even try to make weight or he intentionally tried to cheat at home. So now you and him will make nothing. That's what Vince Michelle's response was. So there you go. Vince basically said that he chose not to fight him because Bonfim didn't try to make weight, according to him. So there you go. There's the update. We're down to 11 fights, and it is what it is. But the co-main event, we have Nicholas Dalby versus Gabriel Bonfim. Nicholas Dalby, by the numbers, has done very well in Brazil and against Brazilians and against Brazilians in Brazil. Undefeated in all of those things. Has not suffered a loss in either of those fights. The featured bout, gentlemen, the heavyweight bout, 
that we needed to see run back. We needed to see it, and we're going to get it, baby. Rodrigo Nascimento versus Dontel Mays. A.K. Mr. Co-Main Event, Kyle Baraglio versus Mr. Main Event, Abus Magabedov. Early in the main card, and then we get Hadolfo Vieiro versus Armin Petrosian. Whole bunch of other fun fights. What? Hold on, my best friend. Please. Why are we just glossing over? We cannot gloss over the bizarre Nascimento Maze rematch. Why is this? Do you know how I know that this is like so bizarre? <laughs> if you go to Topology, it's one of many reasons. If you go to Topology, uh, usually if you go to one of their belt pages and it's a rematch, they will put the two. They'll put the two next to the fighters' names. They do not have that on Nesamento and Dantel Mays. I'm not calling out Topology. I'm with Topology. I think I actually <laughs> forgot until er- earlier this week when I was listening to one of our shows and someone said, oh, this is a rematch. And I'm like, what? I like, totally forgot. So uh, Topology, if you're out there, feel free to add that too on. But again, I, I understand why. This is – why is this – my best guess – my best guess, uh, and for anyone trying to remember, they fought, I'm looking at it now, May 2020. I was there. Jose was there. I was, <laughs> I was one of two reporters on planet Earth sitting oh, cage side for that fight. Jacksonville. Yeah. This is during. Me, okay. And it was because I go out for the first fight of every night just to get the lay of the land. And then I go back to do all of the, you know, the backstage interviews and what have you. So I went out for this fight in an empty arena next to John Morgan, who was still at MMA Junkie at the time. Now he's obviously at the underground. And we watched this fight. We were like, that was a heavyweight fight. And then we went back to our interviews. I, too, <laughs> forgot this fight happened, and I was there. Do you, do you have a theory? And it was a memorable moment. <laughs> huh? Do you have a theory as to why? I'll say my theory after, but you were there. Did, some, did something happen that night that you were like, oh, I think, probably... I think the – I'm going to be realistic and take um, – my answer is going to be – very realistic uh-huh and it's probably the truth i think it's no secret dana white was in the middle east and hasbalah just really wanted this rematch oh and he was like he was like hasbalah you you know you can book the next fight he's like dantel Mays and hogerio nascimento and dana was like Thank God someone picked this fight because I've been looking for a reason to rebook this one. Now I now praise Hasbala. So that's my so answer. Strange. And that is very clearly the truth. Wow. So, uh, well, so you don't I even mean, have to ask AK why they needed to I'm book it because I just told my, you why. My, my theory is, is pointless, I guess. I was going to say, so Rodrigo Nascimento has a no contest against Alan Badeau. Uh, you could that be was overturned. That I could be making that up because uh, I don't remember this fight. That was overturned due to a banned substance. Dantel Mays has no contest against Hamdi Abdel Wahab. That was overturned also, due, oh, due that's to a banned substance. Um, I was actually there. I feel like that one actually too. I wonder if they got confused and just and like they they meant to run back one of these no contests and just got confused and got the paperwork confused and they're like oh didn't it, like it was it's like oh the no, the no contest was, was, was from that fight right it was from that twenty twenty fight okay run it back. This is strange. And why is it on the main card? I just don't. I was I at that Hamdi fight too. What in the world? I never remember. Maybe. Wait. Now we're seeing a pattern. Maybe it's because yeah, this is the Jose Young's rematch, heavyweight rematch. That's true. That's <laughs> I think true. it's a combination of all of those things. I think Hasbula said it. Dana called the matchmakers and they said, "Okay, these two, these two clearly have never fought because they forgot about it too." And then they That's just true. booked it, and then they realized it this week that they fought three years ago. And now we're getting it again. The rematch of all rematches. Let's see if Dontel Mayes can get one back or 
Mr. Rodrigo Nascimento. God, I, two and I, hope, I hope this becomes the Nick Lentz, Charles Oliver trilogy of just like, why are we <sighs> yes. doing this three times? Okay. I support Okay, it. now I like this fight so much more. Yep. You're, you're, you're selling me now, so well here. Because obviously Dontel Mays is going to win, and then like five years from now when Dontel Mays is going to about to retire, they're like, what if we run it back one more time? Right at the apex. You know, events. we never got the Nam Fam Leonard Garcia trilogy. We're going to get this trilogy instead, the ones that people really want. I'm just hey, pulling are, names out that I don't even think audience members even know who they are. <laughs> these are young heavyweights, too. Uh, Dante Mays, 31. Rodrigo Nascimento, 30. So you're not crazy that we could see this somewhere down the road, I'm telling you. The trilogy. Uh, we could see this in 2033 for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mentioned Braulio Magomedov, Vieta versus Petrosian. We get some fun fights. Yeah, Elvis Brenner's back after his exciting comeback when he takes on Kanan Krzyzewski. Okay. Very excited. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. I've lost it. I'm very also, excited for that. Explain, I'm very excited for the Elvis excited. Brenner fight because I was I'm really I was really high on Guram, like very high on Guram. Yeah. Uh I because Guram beat um oh God. Uh I mean he lost to uh Gamera. Well he beat Gamera and then he lost to who's oh, yeah. uh who did he just lose to? Ismagulov. He lost to Ismagulov. Yeah, Demir Ismagulov. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that's like you're fighting monsters like right out of the gate guram's <laughs> obviously a training partner of hamzat he's always at his corner if you mike you were at the hamzat gilbert burns fight and you could hear guram the entire fight right behind me screaming instructions i think guram is a bad dude and he beat the soul out of elvis for as long as he could and then i don't know how he did it but elvis just clipped him and finished him around three in a fight i don't think gets talked about enough for possible fight or comeback of the year because he looks like he was about to get murdered in there until he finished guram i think that's just a should be either an honorable mention or very heavily considered for a fight of the year slash um comeback of the year because again i think guram is so talented so beating a beating a guy like Guram and beating him in the fashion did is super impressive. He trains with Charles Oliveira, and that camp is like clicking right now. Like they are, they are red hot. So uh, he might not be a world beater. He might not be a future contender. He might not be a top ten fighter ever. But he's always going to be exciting fights, and I I'm very excited for this fight. AK, what's your low key under the radar fight that has you excited? Uh, I like that one too. I mean, Elvis is known is uh, referred to by GC Connor Burks as the parlay killer for the reasons that Jose kind of mentioned. Because it was that I was a fight to Kugov before that, right? Like he was a huge underdog, and I think oh my god, fights. I forgot about that fight. I was at that yeah, one too. So he is the spoiler <laughs> now. I think he's going in as the favorite. I know he was favored. He was supposed to be fighting Esteban Rebovitz instead of um, Krzyzewski. So I, I think he's still favored, but minus uh, two eighteen. Yeah, well, minus two eighteen. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see. Now the shoes on the other foot for him, but. Uh, man, there's a lot of good sleepers here. Uh, Renat Fakhartinov has not lost a fight in 10 years, and they're giving him a great opponent in Elizabeth Zaleski, so I love that. But I'll, if I have to pick one, it shouldn't even be a sleeper. This should be on the main card. Angela Hill, Denise Gomez. This fight is so good. I love this fight. I love this fight. I hate The only thing I hate is that I like both fighters a lot, and, and mm-hmm. it, it is a shame that um, very likely one of them is going to go home with a loss unless it's a draw or no contest, some weird thing. So, Because um, I think Denise Gomez is indicative of like how exciting strawweight is is uh, becoming or sorry is now and sort of has been developing over the last like over this past year um mike you and i've been saying in a lot of shows i think we've all been saying the whole staff like strawweight is i think a top like in terms of excitement like consistently good fights and there's not i know the roster isn't deep so people are gonna say i'm crazy but like strawweight fights are generally just very exciting back and forth high skill level 
I go. I, I think it's one of the, the five uh, best divisions in MMA right now. Not in the top three, obviously. It's not cracking lightweight, uh, bantamweight, featherweight, but it's a really good division. I don't think it gets a lot of credit. Um, so I think Angel Hill, Denise Gomez, awesome fight. Angel Hill winning would not surprise me at all. There's a huge experience gap between her and Denise Gomez. Uh, but at the same time, I understand why Denise Gomez is favorite because she does feel like someone who, as she gets better, is going to develop into a future champion. Uh, even if she loses, even if she loses to Angela Hill, that'd be a huge, big uh, learning experience for her. So I have really have eyes on this fight. And I think we'll look back, depending where Denise's career goes, I think we're really going to look back on it as like a, a really important fight in her career. Fastest knockout in strawweight history. Denise Gomes single-handedly ruins uh, Yasmin's chances of fighting on Noche UFC. My mm, yeah, oh, wow. in the face. Wow. Really hard. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. God revenge. Yasmin 2 0 against Brazil. And Denise is like, bet, watch this. 20 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> that was a performance. Uh, she doesn't turn. She doesn't turn 24. How many 24 times? Does, I know Casey's big on the, you know, it matters where you fight on the card. How many prelim, how many prelim strawweight fighters are getting performance of the night bonuses? Denise Not Gomes. Many. That's who. Denise Gomes. That's who. She's a bad mamma jamma. Um, I like the fights you all mentioned. The Fakratinov, Eliza Zaleski Dos Santos fight, all over that one. Really like that one. I think Fakratinov is the dude. And I think once he wins, I think I'm going to get an Otno point because they're going to book him with Joaquin Buckley in a big fight. And I'm looking forward to that. Let's see what Joaquin Buckley can do. That'll be his big test to see if he's top 15 guy. Uh, the other one, a man who also has a win over the Pleasure Man, AK, Vitor Petrino taking on Modestus Bukaskis, who on the second go here in the UFC on a nice little run parts ways after the kind of violent Khalil Roundtree loss. He goes back to cage warriors and wins the light heavyweight title. And he steps in on short notice and beats Tyson Pedro. Then he beats Zach Pauga. Let's see if he can keep this going. See if he can make it five straight wins. See if he can make it three and oh and stint number two in the UFC. I'm intrigued by that one as well. And there you go. That's uh, UFC Sao Paulo in a nutshell. Well, let's hear from you guys. Let's bring in Casey, the man who missed Hi. all things in Ganu Fury. He was on a well-deserved vacation, mm-hmm. missed it all. But now he's back for UFC Sao Paulo. What a what, what a what, wonderful what, world. What what happened? Anything anything? Just no. Oh, nope. Nothing Fury, happened. Fury, so nope. I'm a good boxer. This guy can't hit. I knocked nothing, him out. Yeah. Nothing happened in the world of anything uh the mma hour went super smooth there was no heated arguments involved uh there was nothing of note to talk about in the last 14 days yeah. yes adelaide adelaide got knocked out in the british heavyweight title fight and then, yeah, almost, and then shoved the ref, almost shoved the referee out of the ring essentially oh, that and was crazy people yeah. were, and then obviously that was the main event of Riyadh season and so just that was the end of the card. <laughs> and 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 mike and i streamed for 45 minutes um, yeah that's about it <laughs> And there is uh, no live performances from any of Jose's yeah. favorite artists. None of them. That's true. Oh, good. So, That's so, true. so we're done with the whole crossover, you know, MMA boxing thing. That's done. We're oh, done with that. It was over yeah. with the Dylan Dennis. Uh, yeah, Dylan okay. Dennis yeah. D- Logan Paul's obviously the best boxer in MMA. <laughs> oh man! All right, let's let's take some peeps questions. All we'll right. take a few. There's not a lot of storylines attached yeah, to this card. Yeah, and not honestly, literally like it's not, zero. There's zero. <laughs> oh, this is a good question. Uh, what can Jailton do to impress you on Saturday? I mean, I'm not unimpressed. 
I just have questions. Like, I think there's a misnomer of like, if someone isn't a hundred percent on board, it means they dislike the fighter or they're just a hater. I don't dislike Jelton and I don't, I'm not a hater. I just have questions. I would, if Derek Lewis stops the takedown and makes it a fight and Jelton still wins, I would be super impressed. But I, if he wins, great for him. Like we have, a, we have a, still have a young champ, a young contender. I just, I have a lot of questions about Jelton. And he could he's, he if if he fights through adversity or you know yeah. wheel kicks Derek Lewis or something like oh. that. Then, there you go. <laughs> that's actually that's yeah. actually really. God. You you would be so that's actually a good point. So has, if obviously I'm predicting you know first round runs through Derek Lewis, that's kind of, I think what a lot of people are predicting. If he like kind of goes more Mike's way, where he he you know gets a takedown, for sure. Oh, that'd be more for sure. Yeah. Okay, that's if yeah, Derek that's Lewis. True. If he survives a Derek Lewis haymaker and still wins, oh yeah, great. Because yeah. like fighting, I've said this a million times on these shows. Being able to fight hurt. Is such a is like such an important part of being. That's what separates contenders and champions and the rest of the division. Like being able to be on like basically unconscious on your feet and still be able to fight through the pain. It's a it's it's a weird thing, you know. Like we almost like it's almost I don't know. Like it's like well, he's never been beat. We I've never seen him getting beaten up, so I don't know how good he is. But I I know, I know what you're saying though because it, it reminds me. Yeah. It reminds me of when. We interviewed, we were on the red carpet. It was me, Casey, and Esther at the time for the UFC Hall of Fame. And they had all the guest fighters. And Francis was one of the guest fighters. He wasn't obviously champion yet. And I think he had just beaten Kane. or But he had like three first-round knockouts in a row, all under two minutes or something like that. Maybe even under a minute. And I was like, people who still have questions about like you're like fighting through adversity and this and that, like, what do you think you need to do to like show them this? He goes, what else do you want me to do? Like, what do you want me to do? Not knock them out in 60 seconds. <laughs> he was like, so confused by my question. He's like, yeah, all right. I'll just knock them out in four minutes. Then, rather than one minute like it was very funny he made me look like a fool but uh <laughs> but he like understood the question but he also just didn't know how to answer like how do you answer that like you're winning by 30 seconds and people have questions He's like i don't what do you want me to do we're not here, do that yeah. <laughs> it's like when uh, i at, yeah. when when francis knocked out jarzinho in like that just disgusting flurry of punches if you watch that in slow motion like jarzinho did everything right until he just got touched and I was talking with Eric Nixon at the airport. We we're flying home, and he was showing us videos of them like warming up. And they had like a game plan of like you know front kicks and high kicks and all the stuff. And then he's like, "What do you do? What do you do? Why? Why game plan when you can just touch a man and turn him off?" Yeah. I, I'm interested to see how um, we'll have to see if it gets there. But how Almeida can fight when his gas tank is say below fifty yeah. percent. That's what I'm. Ready. He doesn't necessarily get beaten up because we know Derek Lewis is one of the best fighters when he's tired. When when both gentlemen are tired in there, Derek Lewis is probably maybe the most dangerous, like running on empty type of fighter out there. I'm interested to see how Almeida does when he's he doesn't have a full gas tank. So uh, yeah, but but Lewis has to get him there. So we'll see. Do you guys know how many times Justin Almeida has gone to a decision in his career? Zero. One I'm looking, wow! I'm looking. I'm looking. I have. I had to look oh. it up. One, and he lost. He actually, but it's a long time ago. I'm sure oh, this yeah, was yeah. five years ago. So I mean, who knows? Probably doesn't mean anything. But he did lose his lone decision. He, you know, Shamil kind of took him a little bit in the second round. 
But uh, yes, otherwise, gas tank, pretty untested. Pretty untested at this level. Yeah, yeah. I'm he assuming has... that was at 205, too. Um, uh, I'll have to I can check right yeah. now. Shamil is also like a more than capable grappler. Like, I think he has an ADC heavyweight thing or whatever, whatever that means. Like, it's, I don't think it's the ADC heavyweight champions, but it's like a, an offshoot of ADCC. Um, so like he is a more than capable grappler. So I bet I don't even like if you rewatch that, it just seems like he survived until he just couldn't. It's not like it was a back and forth yeah. fight. I think mm-hmm. he was just defending and Jailton just kept working for it until he got it. Yeah, yeah. and he's a big heavyweight. He's a big yeah. heavyweight. He's, he's like two sixty three. He's, he's a, a bag big of soup. Freaking guy. Yeah, he's a big bag of soup. Uh, I'll get to you in a second, AK. Jailton Almeida has been punched a total of two times. In five UFC fights, he has outlanded his opponents one fourteen to two, and he has three shutouts, including against Paco Porter and Jarzinho Rosenstrike. Didn't get punched once. Shamil Abdurahimov hit him once, and the only other punch he took was from the Pleasure Man. What? And he survived. And he died, and he survived it. He, he survived probably enjoyed it. it. He probably enjoyed it. <laughs> Calm down. Uh, Casey, if we're, you want, we're, you wanted we're, to know. We're gonna lose. We're gonna lose our monetization. Casey, you keep going. You wanted way. to know uh, what weight class uh, the uh, his one decision loss is. Actually, it was according to topology at one eighty five. So this literally means nothing. One eighty. He used to be a middleweight. I mean, this is a lot. This is five years ago. So. But he used to be a middleweight. Are you, are you serious? Uh, I mean, it, apparently at some. I mean, point, I, I, I mean, I guess, I guess every yeah. heavyweight <laughs> was a middleweight at some point when they had their uh, when they were a baby. Yeah, when they were a baby. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I assume when he was born, he weighed about two hundred five. No, <laughs> yes, no. Apparently, a few his, a lot of his early fights one eighty five. So, so Alex, really, this, this tells us nothing. Alex Volkanovski was seven hundred pounds at one point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I heard about find, that. I heard about that. Find a photo of this man at eighty five pounds. I don't. Oh my god! All right, let me see. Okay. We'll move on. I'll slap you. I'll slap you. This is the silliest preview show ever. I love it. Uh, Could we live in a world where Derek Lewis gets the winner of Aspinall versus Pavlovich in 2024? So this this is a question we brought up on BTL yesterday, okay? And you feel like there is a world where this could happen. And I also feel like a world this this could happen. Not all – I mean it it would have to be a perfect storm of things happening. But – Jose, it's a weird time in the UFC. Meritocracy doesn't really mean a whole hell of a lot. Let's just say, let's paint this picture, Jose. Let's say Tom Aspinall wins next Saturday. And let's just say, and nothing set in stone, there's no insight on this whatsoever. Let's say Jones Stipe set for July. And let's say April or so, the UFC goes back to London and they need a main event. Tom Aspinall needs an opponent. Or Manchester. Is there a world where if Derek Lewis wins this fight, they would do Tom Aspinall versus Derek Lewis in the main event as an interim heavyweight title defense, just to put some extra butts in seats and maybe a couple of extra pay-per-view buzz because people freaking love Derek Lewis. No. No. Okay. No. I don't think he's going to go to Manchester to fight Tom Aspinall. I don't. I really don't. I think they'll probably make that the Cyril Gaon fight. I think if Derek Lewis, you know, wins this and then one more, maybe, but I don't think he's leapfrogging into the because Volk like. The Volkov just had that big win over Ty. Like I think there are other, I think there are other matches that they would try to match up. I know Tom beat Volkov, but I think there's other matches they would make those for those two, right away. If that makes okay. I, so. I, I don't think so. Crazier things have happened, and like you said, Derek Lewis is incredibly popular. He seems to be one of those guys that you could take him anywhere uh, in the world, and he'll get cheered. I know there still will be some booze just because he's fighting the hometown guy, but people like him um but i don't see him fighting the winner 
especially if it's I don't think so. I think no, I don't Tom, think he fight Sergey the wins if he if Tom loses the mat then I think he'll fight Tom. Yeah, I honestly, honestly, I think this is the only way this happens. Like if it all plays out exactly like that, it's in Manchester. Aspinall needs somebody to fight. He needs to be the main event. And Derek Lewis is like the only guy available. Like they would do it. Other than that, mm-hmm. I don't see it happening. But that's if Pavlich wins, we're not seeing it. If Aspinall is to defend in like, I don't know, Sacramento. No, it's not going to happen. Happen has to happen in Manchester and it happens has to happen like at the perfect yeah time. i mean if anyone's down the clown it's Derek lewis so but again oh, yeah, i think it'll be like sure. a, a means to an end yeah all right oh man i mean do i, I don't even know next this? question yeah <laughs> next question man How's your like, my question if, if, i have a question go ahead uh-huh. you first. You first well my question is just to people in general is if you don't like parker porter i want to know why that's my question. Yeah, I don't think that's, it's so much as if you're in the comments. We don't like, don't like I don't think it's so much as if we don't like him. It's more of like a why. Dude's a why hard you, worker. Why He's do you like Linda. Blue Skies? Why do what you if like his name was, uh, What if his name was George Sullivan? A Parker Porter by any other name would smell just as sweet, as they say. Wasn't there so, a George Sullivan in the that? UFC? That's exactly why <laughs> I'm was. saying it. And you, you don't even remember. You had to ask about it. <laughs> See? That's what I'm saying. You know, we don't have to ask was, about Parker Porter. What if his name was uh, George Carmichael? Like, that's actually kind of a sick name, but. That's, that's, that good. <laughs> that's that a Cage Warriors champion name right there, if there ever was one. Yeah, Parker's exactly. just a good dude. He's a good yeah. dude. He's a I, dude. Again, those- I want to reiterate it is not anything to do with dislike it's more of like a why like why it's just i mean i've always had a soft spot for parker ever since i saw him fight john jones in wilmington massachusetts but i get that a guy who who like retired and then just randomly was like you know what i'm gonna come back and like fill in for this reality fighting heavyweight title fight that they need a guy in and that eventually led him to make it to the freaking ufc like it's just crazy it's an improbable story. And then just to see the personality shine and to see some of the performances, him losing a bunch of weight and looking real good and getting a quick finish. Like just how could you not like the guy there and go. on a roof for him? He's I a mean, character. It, it's it's easy to go, oh, John Joe's my favorite fighter. GSC's my favorite fighter. But Parker Porter, like Parker Porter is MMA. Like this – like. 99% of what MMA is is guys like Parker Porter. Guys like just trying to just, I'm just going to do it. I may not be the best in the world, but I'm just going to go out and do it and fight my heart out. And you're going to love me. just because. And then you, you get that feeling. And it's fun to say his name. Yeah. He made it to the <laughs> UFC. It's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. I love it. Parker right. Porter. Let's Parker go. Parker Porter. <laughs> <laughs> I have to see if he wants to jump on the watch party next week. Good reminder. <laughs> like, I guess um, I'm just – it's still perplexing to me because like, <laughs> it's still absolutely perplexing to me. What undefeated fighter loses this Ooh. weekend? Ooh, How many that is a card. Question. Let's pull like, it up. I, there's only th- four. Four, and I guess uh, also it just means – people who are undefeated in the ufc or are just undefeated undefeated yeah let's go both uh so gabriel bonfim vitor petrino eduarda marura 
And that's it, right? Is there another one? I, no, that's I it. Swear, I swear. Am I Say it again? Say it again? Oh, oh, oh he can't. Uh, Dan Mark- the Dan Marcos fight's not happening. That's right. I'm sorry. Yeah. I was like, I was Ga- Dan Ga- I'm sorry. Yeah. Gabriel Bonfim. Um, Marcus is off the card. Vitor Petrino and Eduarda Moura are the three undefeated fighters. Does anyone, any one of them lose? Uh, Gabriel Bonfin. Oh, because Nicholas Dalby is undefeated yeah, yeah. in Brazil. And if you want to, if you want to back Jose, um, you thought the main event odds were wide. This is even wider. Gabriel Bonfin, a minus six twenty-five favorite. The comeback on. The, maybe the real Brazilian beast, the Brazilian killer in a lot of respects, uh, Nicholas Dalby, plus 455. So take that information however you want. I think, you think I like this matchup too because Gabriel Bonfin is hyper talented. And I like like every fight is just like a notch above the next, the previous opponent. If that makes sense. Like he's yeah. not going to sky. Like there's, this is like, all right, he beat this guy, but I have questions. And then he gets an opponent. Like, I don't remember who he beat in the contender series, but I know his debut was against uh, Manir Lazez. I'm not high on Manir Lazez at all. Uh, and he, like, whooped him. And then I think Trevin Giles is a very good test for prospects, and he whooped him. Nicholas Dalvey is also a very good test for prospects. And if he whoops Nicholas Dalvey, then that's it's a fun fight. It's a fun fight. Yeah, I like it. A.K. you think any undefeated fight loses this weekend? I think uh, Vitor Petrino, I like him, but I like Modestus Pukaskas too. I'm somewhat surprised uh, Vitor is such a heavy favorite. Then again, I, I admit I maybe I haven't been keeping tabs on the Vitor Petrino hype as much as I should be. So if he is this blue chip light heavyweight, then I apologize. Again, I, I need to educate myself a bit. But um, I think Modestus Pukaskas is a very live dog. So uh, I totally understand the, the Dalby Brazil killer angle. Uh, but I would put the Bukaskis upset uh, actually a little bit a little bit higher than that in terms of likelihood. Wait, Renat's fighting on the prelims? Oh man, that's so yeah. stupid. He should be on the main card. Yeah, not Cemento Maze too. God. Not Cemento Maze too. I'm like looking at the prelims now just to like refresh it, and I had zero clue he was fighting uh, Easy Easy DS. That is such a good fight. I that is that such fight. a fun fight. Renat is a bad dude. I, I, Outside yeah, I of the like, main event, that's the most interesting fight on the card. A hundred percent. Yeah, I, 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 actually, that's that was my next topic. We haven't got too many questions about Hanat, but like, I wanted to talk about him more. Honestly, is it Hanat um, or Renat? I think it's Renat. Not Brazilian. In, in Brazil, it's Hanat. Yeah. So this weekend, uh, yeah. 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 No, way, to, way to be on. Way to be on theme, Casey. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Like, is it? Could he be the breakout star of this card? If he, he could. He really like, could. Like kind of that guy, like, oh, we're going to be hearing his name a lot if he wins big I'd, tomorrow. I think he's going to be a guy that's going to be really tough to match make for. Like, who wants yes. to fight that guy? I, Barabish? I think, yeah. uh, I think aside from Denise Gomez, and again, the uh, I mean, strawweight is not as deep a division. I think uh, Fakratinov would have the most to gain from a win here. Just sort of look at my own internal rankings. Like, I don't have Fakratinov super high. I probably should have him higher. Um, I guess just because besides um, Kevin Lee, he did, you know, he beat... Who are his other two wins? Brian Battle, which has aged yeah, very which is well. Fine. Very yeah, good well. win. Yeah, yeah. And Andreas um, Michaelitis. Okay. But he but his uh, he beat Eric Spicely to get into the UFC. True, another yeah, solid. And, and, Eric Spicely's, 
in less than a minute. I, I, yeah. Eric Spies was never a world beater, but he's a tough guy. I probably just don't have Renat high enough. That's probably why this would be a big, such a big jump for me. Cause I have, you know, uh, Zaleski somewhere in the top 20, 25, top 25 firmly. So uh, this would jump him into the top 25, but some people might have Renat there already. So, you know, maybe, maybe it's not as big a, a jump as, uh, as I'm thinking. I love this fight. It's a great fight. Well, we have Anything questions, else? but nothing really about this card. I think we can, all these other questions we can answer tomorrow. I think tomorrow. The, uh, People stream Q and A. Yeah. But, um, I don't really know start, yeah. when that's going to start now because we yeah. lost two fights. Yeah. So whenever we thought we were going to start it, it might actually start a little bit later. I don't know if we have an update on that, but we will let yeah, you know. No, no, no change to the times on ESPN's schedule page. Still says 6 and 9, but wouldn't surprise me if it got bumped to like 6.30 start time. But we'll see. It says 6, it says six, for, six Eastern time for now. Well, either way, we will be here for you to answer all of those questions and much more. So thank you all for watching the UFC Sao Paulo preview show. We had a silly little time and this card will be interesting. It'll be the final card before we hop on over to MSG in New York City for UFC 295, the two title fights. It's going to be a big next eight days for the heavyweight division. I'm very much looking forward to see how it all plays out. So for Casey on the ones and twos, for AK, for Jose, I am Mike Heck. Thank you for watching. We will see you tomorrow, everybody. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.